This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Bulls are off and running. And Dan and Jason Bernstein are here to keep you up to date with the stampede. You're listening to Organizations Win Championships. Welcome to episode 57 of the Organizations Win Championships podcast, your Odyssey 2400 sports podcast on your Chicago Bulls. I'm Dan Bernstein. He's Jason Bernstein. Our producer is James Jackson. We've got a lot to talk about today, including three games that they played, but something important and unfortunate that happened on Friday night. Jason's also going to give us a quick little Windy City update because he saw their game against the Delaware Bluecoats last night. And then we'll bring you the showdown as we always do. Man, yes, that was that was a, 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 a sad and sickening display at the Bulls Ring of Honor presentation at halftime at the game against the Golden State Warriors Friday night. I've got a lot of thoughts about it. It is complicated. And as all things are in some of the, the world of the, the Jordan Bulls and the post-Jordan Bulls. It's it, it's it's complicated and there's a lot of narrative and a lot uh, left that needs to be unwound and truth that should be told that unfortunately I think with every day that passes is is less and less likely, sad though that may be. I think when we when we talk about it, I think a lot of been the kind of Jordan versus Krauss and Jackson versus Krauss narrative was pushed by the last dance when mm-hmm. it came out during COVID. And I love that documentary. I thought it was fantastic. And I don't think ESPN did anything other than tell the story. I, I just think they, in, the thing is that Krauss wasn't around when they were producing the, when they were producing the film and Jordan was able to say what he thought. And, People can have opinions, but I think people in positions of power, Jordan had a position of power, even though he was a player, he was Michael Jordan. And so he was able to give his thoughts on Jerry Krause while Jerry Krause was not able to give his thoughts on the situation. And I, I don't remember. 
Yeah, but I don't remember Jordan. Phil saying anything. Okay, go ahead. Jordan had editorial control of The Last Dance. Don't forget. Oh. Jordan had editorial control of The Last well, Dance. Yeah, this was not. It was not. It, made, it was not an objective. I, I, I didn't know that. I did not know that. So, yeah, it was. It was well, not. Then the narrative was certainly pushed. It was, and it, and he it was bullying is what it was, and because that's what Jordan did to Kraus. Jordan, and I think we bullied Kraus. Yeah, go ahead. And we have the, to, and Pippin, and Pippin, and we have to look at the name of our podcast. It's organizations win championships. That is the Jerry Krause quote that Jordan disagreed with so much. He was like, no, p- players are the most, in, most important part of the process, which to a fault I agree with. But who puts those, who puts the players together? Jerry Krause. And, I, and I just Krause I don't, never built. Krause never disputed that players were the most important aspect. He never disputed that. He what he was doing, what all Krause meant by that, that is it it takes every level of an organization, not just to win a championship, but to win six of them. And, right. it, and I, I, there's there's a lot to talk. We, we, we've got to forget that the basketball aspect is one part of it. There's a sociological right. aspect that's going on here, too. And there's a, a, a problem from an anticipatory standpoint, I think, because if you had asked me, I didn't know what was how the ceremony was going to go down. I didn't. I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Was, I didn't know. That I, I feel like it was a weird idea it. in the first place. I, it, I had no idea what they were trying to accomplish with it. If you had asked me. What would happen if they splashed Jerry Krause's name and likeness on the Jumbotron in a full United Center? What would happen? Oh, what boost. I would expect, I would have told you they would that booze would ring out. So I'm not surprised necessarily. I'm I, I I make no mistake, it was awful. And it was awful that the television broadcast cut to Thelma Krause at that moment because it made it appear well, as if people were booing her. They were not. They were booing in front of her. They were booing her late husband. But anybody who's been around this team and anybody who's followed any public reaction, the, the ring ceremonies that I covered, the trophy ceremonies in, in Grant Park that I covered, Jerry Krause is always booed. Always. It was avoidable. It doesn't it, it doesn't absolve what is really unfortunate, inhumane behavior that you would hope that sports fans would be in a moment like that classy enough to say that that, that was not the time or the place. But I'm really not surprised that it happened. It, it sucks. It sucks that the and the just this morning, the Chicago Tribune published a news editorial saying that it's Michael Jordan's responsibility to try to unwind some of this, to try to tell the truth about Jerry Krause. And I disagree with the editorial. I don't think, they think it would make a difference. I don't. I think that cake is baked. It's over. Jordan so sufficiently and successfully bullied Jerry Krause publicly that it doesn't matter the bold strokes that he made. People don't care that he fired Doug Collins to hire Phil Jackson. In what was a visionary move. People don't care that on draft night, he traded, traded the draft right to Pippen. Olden Polonese for Scottie Pippen and then took Horace Grant in that same draft. And made, he and traded, made the Rodman trade as well. 
I mean, he found John Paxson. He built around. Okay, you need to chill a little bit. All right. No, I'm not saying you need to chill. I need. I'm saying you need to stop talking because this isn't just you here. Fuck much. We Jerry Krause did such a good job of building around Michael Jordan. A guy I don't. He didn't draft Jordan, right? He came in just after. Correct. Correct. Rod Thorne drafted him. Right. He built a team around Michael Jordan. He did. He put the Bulls in every position to succeed with the moves that he made when it comes to coaching and players. And there's nothing wrong. I, I think it's, I think it's fundamentally wrong to say that what Jordan said when it comes to players are by far the most important part. No, they're not They're Don't get me wrong. Are they the most important part of winning a championship? Probably, but if you look at bad organizations, they're not going to win titles. And I think we have a prime example sitting right here in Chicago of the Chicago Bears. They are not a well-run organization. The, the ownership is horrendous. And whenever they have, they have, Ryan Poles has done a great job doing what he needs to do other than the Chase Claypool trade. This isn't Bears podcast, but we can, we can talk about this a little bit. He's done a great job putting them in a position to succeed. And you have everything that you need this offseason to – here we go. You have everything you need this offseason to rebuild – not necessarily rebuild, but retool and get where you need to be next season. And, and, oh, crap, they're not going to fire their head coach, who is what – whatever in 20 something yeah, I, in his, I, 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 I want to turn bad, this back to what's in hand ba, here. Ba, sorry but bad organizations don't win championships and good ones do and jerry there's nothing wrong with jerry cross saying that and he was booed because jordan made it seem like that quote from him was him not it, it would jordan tried to make it look yeah. like he was disrespecting the players which was the last thing he was doing However, there's truth. The truth is, Jerry Krause was petty. He was spiteful. He was immensely insecure, and he did crave credit. He did. He wanted that credit. Jerry was a very difficult and strange I'm not he man. Was a perfect guy. He, no, he was, he was far far from it. He, and and this is from my relationship with him that started when I was still working for the Rockford Lightning, and he was coming out to our games to scout our players. And we would talk about players in, in the CBA and we would talk about the current Bulls. And then later on, he and I had a, a, an also appropriately adversarial relationship when I was a member of the media, but never, never got personal. You know, Jerry and I always one thing we could always have common ground on talking about was fishing because Jerry was an avid fisherman. And when we'd be on the road, say, you know, walking around outside uh, the hotel in Orlando or Miami or wherever we were. And he'd come up to me and go, uh, <clears throat> you, you, you got to check out the pond. There's, there's red ear sunfish in there. There's got to be a pound and a half. Why are you talking like uh, Dr. Steve Brule? Uh, <clears throat> that's how Jerry talked. And he, okay. he, you don't have to so crap he, on him. No, I, I, I always did an impersonation <laughs> of Jerry Krause. It was fun. The, but, but the point is, at this many years later, at that night, it's it's just unfortunate that people couldn't take a night and say, hey, 
regardless of anything Jordan has said, regardless of anything else, the, the biggest big lie in this was that Kraus decided himself to break up the champion. That's not true. That's it just isn't people think it was. And we even if the the amount of revisionist history that's gone on is staggering to me, because those of us who were with and around the team during the second three Pete, and especially that season, they called it the last dance because everybody knew it was over. Everyone knew that was it. George was, was old apart. as hell. It was coming apart. Jordan was old it, as hell, and he's not putting up the the numbers LeBron is putting at that age. Jesus. Everybody, every, everybody knew it was over, and and there were things that I didn't talk about on the air that I was privy to because I was uh, affiliated with Todd and Brian Musburger for most of my career, informative parts of my career, while they were still uh, very publicly representing Phil Jackson. And I knew about how Phil felt about him. I knew about all the behind the scenes stuff that was going on, and the 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 the, the powerful more popular people set the narrative and now the people who are alive are setting the narrative and it's sad to me that i don't think this is going to get undone because i've said all this stuff oh before. no way i no way i, I said this when sports we, fans I, are terrible and i, I said this when we were you eulogizing jerry kraus this cake is baked there's not even if jordan wanted to even if he wanted to somewhere in whatever dark he, recesses are, are in there he, he wouldn't he, want he, he, even he, if he did he couldn't and that and and, and I, it's amazing to me that the bulls themselves didn't know it that they brought Felma down there and they set it up to say his it just they, there were so many mistakes there were so many errors in in this thing it's just too bad and and in our rush to find well how do we solve it how do we fix it what do we do sadly we can't it happened and it sucked and they they made that poor woman completely miserable. And I feel horrible for her. I feel horrible for her. But such is life in in a big sports town when not one just of a the big greatest, sports town. When one, not of, just when one of the great right. When one of the greatest athletes of all time has decided that he was gonna villainize the guy. That that's what happens. That's yeah. what happens. That no, that's I, what you it, get. And I'm just gonna address the second part of this. Chicago sports fans are awful and stupid and terrible and and just ugh. because all Don't sports fans st- are no Chicago. I mean, it's not Philly, but it's a different breed of of stupidity when it comes to Chicago sports fans. One, they're racist as bleh, racist as hell. Two, yes. they're really dumb and delusional. Whenever. Whenever some either somebody from Chicago or somebody plays well for two games or they hear the word Michael Jordan, they start throwing a a party saying they're the greatest of all time. Okay, Michael Jordan, fantastic player, but he for some reason, Bulls fans can't appreciate regardless of whether they think. LeBron is better than Jordan or vice versa. They can't even appreciate LeBron's greatness. And I know Jordan is not the best person of all time, but even he has has said LeBron is one of the greatest players of all time. And he totally respects him and asked about comparisons. I remember he said, you have to take it with a grain of salt because of eras and which I totally Mm -hmm. understand coming from a player who played in the eighties and nineties. And you look, you, you look at all the people that hate LeBron and so many are in Chicago and it's mm-hmm. just because Jordan, just because they don't want to admit that there should be a debate about who's the better basketball player, whether there should or not, 
I don't even think there is a debate. LeBron is is a really good guy, and he's done so much off the court. I hate Chicago sports fans so much. They're all idiots, and the fact that they booed Jerry Krause, or Jerry Krause's wife. Jerry it's Krause not all. Come on, come on. You amend, amend that. It's not all so, Chicago okay, sports fans. At least it is a vocal... half of Chicago sports fans <laughs> are absolutely horrendously not misinformed, but create horrendous opinions it's, on what happens around them. It's oh, it, Tyson it is, Bajan is. is the guy. Yeah. Oh, it, really? It's, no, it's he's the, not. It's the oh, nature of sports God. fans to be stupid. And it is all sport. Oh. It is there, there is a certain percentage of every single sports fandom, be it college, be it professional, be it whatever city you want, that is going to be stupid. It's just unfortunate that the that aspect, that element of Bulls fandom specifically was as vocal and seemingly inhumane as they appeared Correct. to be Stupidity Friday night. shouldn't lead to disrespect for another human being. I think. Well, I think that's you can fine. You can be a meatball fan. You can be a total idiot, like half of your callers. But we can we can live with it as long as they're not bad people. But that's not the case when everybody sucks. Sorry. There we go. That's okay. This is. I don't think we should do this when we just roll you out of bed. (laughs) You're you're usually not this (laughs) ill-tempered. This is. I think it's what happens when you wake him up and say that we have to go right now because I have to drive your sister. I haven't. I haven't had my coffee yet. So. We'll have it. That's, that's like, everybody sucks and everybody's stupid. Now listen to my podcast. I'm Jason Bernstein. Kiss my ass. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what it is anyway. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply all right well with that let's get to the two and one stretch of the bulls had with an overtime victory over houston that a loss that night that felt like it was uh they karma. deserved it i i Going yeah they deserved the it. worst I'm quarter of the year and then a very uninspiring win that felt like a loss last night against yeah. a san antonio spurs team but with a bunch of players that no one's ever heard of so i it, the two and one record is great in the last stretch, but they're 19 and 22. So they're heading closer to that 500 mark, ninth in the East. And they're scoring more points. They're shooting more threes. They're trying to get Zach Levine reacclimated to what's going on while also making sure Kobe White's usage rate stays up. But it is a, it's the defense has slipped a little bit especially on screen roll. I that that whole Golden State second half where they're leaving Saric open and the the other guy who's really the other like guy, Kuminga and Kuminga but uh, yeah well Saric is well, you know, it's a pro basketball player. 
But they, I think Kuminga shot better than he normally does. Well, what was he? Twenty-seven percent before that. Uh, I don't something know. like that. I, I think that was an outlier game, honestly. But nonetheless, he played great. He played great. I will say though, Stacy's been saying after that new haircut, he's been playing very well. Or maybe that was Adam. But it's a bad haircut. He's got to get it lined up. His hairline is not doing so well. He's got to get lined up. Good player, though. I, I will say the the first half, well, the, the 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 whipsaw effect of the Golden State game. The first half was as much fun as we've had in how long? Wow! With Kobe White absolutely going off, and the I mean, just that was it was the energy basketball. in the building. It, they were brilliant in that first half. The energy in the building was fantastic. And then something in the atmosphere changed at halftime and they, they just got kicked in the teeth. And I don't, I don't know. I still correct. I, I think I, I, I don't know. I kind of, after that, I didn't want idiot bulls fans to have a celebratory night. There's I, a lot I, of people expressing that opinion. It. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if God, I don't know if God was a part of that, but. If God is real and the basketball know, gods, as we say, basketball gods, yeah, they 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 sat the Bulls down more so the Bulls fans. And to be quite honest, I wasn't too concerned with that loss. I just thought, well, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson beat them in the second half. They didn't play great defense, I know, but I I well I I'm still not too upset with that game. I just think they got Golden Stated and they bounced back in a track meet versus San Antonio and they, they pulled out a victory. Not, not a great one. Damn. Trey Jones. No. Had a good game, but you know, he wouldn't have had a, as good a game if somebody guarded him. He even said it after the game. He said, those shots were all open and they were way too open for my taste. There's one guy you got to guard that poor Devin Vassell couldn't throw it in the ocean. And but he's who, good who too. Yeah. But who are you worried about? Jeremy Vassell's and- good. Not yeah, last night. But I, I was I was just a little I, I was I was upset that Williams was hurt again and he was out against San Antonio. I, I'm worried about that ankle. Maybe that's not why. That's maybe he ha- why he hasn't been as spry and willing. I mean, he's never really been willing to put the ball on the floor and not be hesitant, but maybe even more so with the ankle. I will say though, Zach didn't play great against San Antonio. But he had seven assists, seven mm-hmm. assists and six rebounds against Golden State. He had 25, eight and seven. And against you, he's had seven assists in the last three games. He was fantastic against Houston. And and I said it, I said it, I said it. I called it well, I, on the you last were right podcast. Too. You were right. Zach about, Levine about will deployment. be the spot up guy in the corner. You did. And he was going to be did. and he was going to stop talking. Ah, you're interrupting me. You just don't want me. Oh, you just don't want me to be right because you're upset you didn't think of it. Ugh. Zach Levine is now the spot up guy in the corner, and he's doing what Patrick Williams is doing, and he's been facilitating really well. He scored when they needed him to. He only took eight shots against San Antonio in 35 minutes. He led the Bulls in minutes and took eight shots. That's not enough. No, I I want to. He took five threes. I would like to see that doubled. But I don't, I'd rather him sh- 
not shoot enough shots than shoot too many. You might, when we talk about Patrick Williams, it's a different story where we'd rather see him shoot a lot of shots and miss a lot of shots and not take enough and score eight points because we need him to be more aggressive. We know Zach Levine. We know what he can do. We know he can score. I, I, I don't mind him having a game where he doesn't shoot a ton. I just want to see all three pointers from Zach Levine or, you know, the odd good take to the basket. I don't want to see any long twos. I, I take to the basket, open threes, or even I, when Zach takes contested threes, what bothers me about Zach is his contested twos. If Zach takes a contested three, I have enough, I have enough faith in him for, I have enough. Ugh, I we really shouldn't have done this when I just got out of bed. I have enough faith in him to make a contested three to the point where I won't say that's a bad shot because he can make contested shots. And as long as it's three, I'm not complaining. And right. he had seven assists in the last three games. That speaks volumes mm -hmm. to what Billy is doing here. And I'm very pleasantly surprised. Do I think he's going to get traded? If he keeps playing like this? Yes. But I don't, I don't know. He's on a max contract. And if, if this is what you're going to get out of Zach, 25 and 7 on a good night, I am very pleased. Very pleased. Just take a lot of threes. Want to hear a stat line? Go ahead. Th three of five from the field, including three of four from three-point range. Two free throw attempts, both made. Six rebounds, six assists, two steals, three blocks, one turnover, one foul and a team high plus 17. That's the 33 minutes Alex Caruso played. Man. Wait, in which game? That's the San Antonio game. Sure. That oh, yeah. Wild. I clicked on the wrong box. Hook. Three of five, and he, three of four from three, six rebounds, six assists, two steals, and we three blocks. We were saying... Er we were saying early in the year that we could get a lot for him on the trade block, and I I agree with that, but I don't want to trade him. I know. So I know if they if they want to get to that sixth seed, which I I think is possible, I'm not usually optimistic, but I think it's possible with the brand of basketball that they've been playing. Ugh, I I couldn't see them let him go. If the, I, I don't think Io can do this. I, I think I I think Io is more likely to be traded, and he was fantastic against San Antonio. Excellent. Yeah, he was excellent. Three of three from three, eight of nine from the field, made both free throws, twenty one points and four assists, and a steal. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we get to the showdown, I want, to, I want you to get into your notebook. Jason covered the Windy City game out in Hoffman Estates last night. I know there wasn't anything immensely eventful, but as you looked around and Getting saw in some... Getting my notebook right here. You, I, I didn't mean literally. I thought maybe it was in your head, but I know you did take good notes. You, you got oh, yeah, to, did, you, yeah. did you talk to uh, Clemens last night? I did talk to Chris Clemens. He, interesting dude. I, I When I was 
when I was about to talk to him, they uh, they just said he's not usually into talking to the media that much. He's very reserved, and it, it's he seemed fully cooperative with me, and it was a good interview. I took one of the more in, I don't we don't have any audio right now, but one of the more interesting questions I asked was because he's five nine, and I asked how does being how has being undersized helped you rather than harmed you? Because I I just I just wanted to get you're his asking for advice. <laughs> I really want to say is something. He, to you is he really five nine? No, like, but were he's you, good. You were eye to eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's little, and it, the only thing is he's a hundred and eighty pounds. Like he's big. Uh, he's strong as hell, and he just said it's from a, it's really good for from a confidence standpoint for him to believe that he's there for a reason. And that he can do what he can do at that height when he's playing against seven footers, it gives him confidence knowing that I can play with this, these guys, even though I'm n- not as big as they are. And he can shoot the hell out of the ball. I, I think, and I love Carly Jones, and I think he was a great G League player. I think Chris Clemens would be more valuable to an NBA team right now than Carly Jones. Not to say Why? he would play a lot. Why? more suited for the NBA because he doesn't try to be something he's not. Carly Jones tries to be a six, four athletic dunking guard, right? Chris Clemens is, can shoot from anywhere. He, he has good vision. He can handle the ball. And considering his size, he's a really good rebounder. Actually, he can jump. Can and he run the screen roll? Better than anybody else on the team. Okay. He, he's great with Sonogo and screen roll. Sonogo is also a really good screener is something I realized last night. He's a great screener. He knows where to set it. And what I like about Clemens is not only can he shoot from anywhere, his shot, just like DeRozan, not quite the same, but his shot hits the rim very softly and it has a lot of spin. So it's more likely to spin in rather than out. He mm-hmm. has a ton of backspin and he gets it. He doesn't jump very high, but he releases it high with a, with high arc and he gets it out of his hands very quickly. And I, I don't know. I, he had a stint in Houston where he had a few good games and I think he could really help out. And and I, I don't know if he could help out an NBA team a ton, but I think, I think he could do more than Carly Jones could right now, but somebody that on the other team, they played the Delaware blue coats that I really like and have liked, I don't know why he's in the G league. I, no idea why is Darius Baisley. He's not even on a two way. You know that he was the Oklahoma He's City not guy, right. Yeah, he was the Oklahoma City guy last year. He was good. He, I mean, he just absolutely in, in the fourth quarter he just ate him alive. He he had a couple blocks and he if you left him open he wasn't going to miss. And he can he can handle the ball. He can back you down. The only thing is. I mean, he can back down smaller guys. I'm a little worried about because he's a center. He's six ten. He listed six nine. He looked taller. Really long arms. Good handles for his size. In control. What what concerned me was his strength because there were a couple times where Sonogo just bullied him because he was just stronger. And I that's the one thing that concerns me is he's a little spindly, but he can he can play i really like henry drell and also now because of dr steve brule i can't i can only say dr henry drell like ancient sprout (laughs) 
uh, with like, that, I, I, I in one of my notes I wrote ancient drill because <laughs> I, I don't know. You're an idiot. And another be- and an, another another thing is I don't like owner I'll bid them at all. No, I don't. Yeah. And it's just it, maybe it, I don't think I don't think he's a bad player, but I don't think he's a good one. That's the issue. He doesn't he doesn't have any glaring weaknesses, but he doesn't do anything particularly well. He tried to make a couple behind the back pass and just threw it right into some dude on the other team. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But I don't know. It's always fun to go down there and cover a game. And and it's really good experience for me. And it's uh, it's it's always it's always cool to go there. And I, I enjoy it. And with that, it is time for the OWC College Showdown. Three current rostered NBA players, and he tells me where they went to college, and then he digs into the annals and the annals, and he comes up with three. Okay, all right, all right, buddy. All right, all right. So we'll start with you and Memphis forward G.G. Jackson. South Carolina. Damn it. First round pick. Miami forward. Miami forward Jamal Kane. I saw him play at Windy City. Oh, I saw him play. He was pretty good. I think he's on the two way. Colorado. I think I'm wrong. Oakland. Hmm. That's where uh, Kendrick Nunn went. Okay. Minnesota guard Jalen Clark. Sounds like a UCLA guy, but I have no idea. Damn it. No way. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm looking him up. I've never heard of him. He just sounded like a UCLA guy. Well, he's a UCLA guy. No way. Yeah, that was. Oh my God. I am the greatest. I am the greatest of all time. No, you're not. He just sat like that name just sounded UCLA. I don't know. That's because something in your brain had registered that he went to UCLA. Probably. That's how this works. I don't know. No, fire away. I was thinking it was Jalen Hands that went to UCLA. Well, this is Jalen Clark. Okay. My turn. First up. I kind of feel bad. I think I gave you some really difficult ones. First up, we have Spurs guard Avery Johnson. Oh, I love Avery Johnson. And he went to somewhere in Louisiana. Some little, it's, it's, it's like either Southwest or McNeese or Centenary. Is that there? Southwest, Southwest, Southwest. No, no, don't, don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a really nice campus. I've heard it's a really nice campus. I don't know. Do you not know? Not Tulane. No, it's not. No, I, I, something Louisiana, something. What? Southern University. It's in Baton Rouge. It's in Baton Rouge, so you were right right there. I'm pretty sure I've heard it's a nice campus. It's a great marching band. Next, we have former Bulls guard, Sedale Threat. Threat. Threat? Sedale Threat. It looks like Threat. Threat. It's Threat. Throttle. He he was cool, Sedale Threat, and I should know this. I feel bad. Washington? Hard school. 
West Virginia Tech. I have no idea. What the hell is that? I don't know. You Swear made that up. West Virginia Tech? Yeah. That sounds like like a like the name of a school in a movie where they're not allowed to use actual school names. College West Virginia Tech. All right. I, I don't feel bad. Only I think the only NBA player to ever go there. Oh no, Mike Barrett also went there from played from 1970 to 1973. Nothing. I All right. I, I got to take your sister sorry. to the airport. Give me the last one. Pacers forward George Johnson. I've never heard of him. He played everywhere. He was also he, he only played for a few years. George Johnson? Yep, played from 79 to 86. Milwaukee, Denver, Indiana, Philly, and Washington. George Lee Johnson, 6'7". I, I first he, round pick in 78 by the Bucks. All right, Both then. Overall. He, he went to Marquette. Great conference. He went to St. John's. Those were hard. Yeah, I'm wow. sorry. That's all right. Sorry. No apologies necessary. The names are getting slim. I know. That concludes uh, the 57th episode of the OWC. Like it, rate it, subscribe to it. Uh, what else do we say to do? Boo it, uh, boo it, and don't boo Jerry Krause. You can boo it as long as you subscribe and give us money. Money. Yeah.